What's up and what is happening, everybody? Waking up with Jake, October 10th, morning, morning, morning. It's about 9 a.m. How y'all doing today? Uh, Like I said, today's October 10th. Big day today. I don't know. It's 10 10. 10 out of 10. Sunny out. There's a hurricane coming. Crazy shit. Crazy, crazy shit. Uh, Yeah, I've been reading the news recently and. I want to start off with this uh, UN climate change article that came out. Um, every everybody's been talking about it, uh, well, except one group of people. But uh, it it has some alarming alarming information. Um, it is titled, "We have twelve years to limit climate change Catast- uh, catastrophe," uh, warns the UN. Urgent changes need to cut risk of extreme heat, drought, floods, and poverty, um, says the IPCC, which is a panel uh, at the UN. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of the article just so you guys can uh, know what I'm talking about here for a little bit. The article starts off with, The world's leading climate scientists have warned there's only a dozen years for global warming to be kept to a maximum of 1.5 C. Now, that's Celsius degrees. Um and I believe that's the fluctuation of of temperature, Uh, beyond which even a half a degree will significantly worsen the risks of drought, floods, extreme heat, and poverty for hundreds of millions of people. So where the big deal and the big significance of this article is that the temperature of the world is at a certain certain point, and there's a threshold, and if it breaks through the threshold, the earth's going to continue to heat, but but gets so hot that the, the risks of drought will increase so so badly that it's pretty much unrepairable. Uh, floods uh, from natural disasters, um, from excessive rains in certain parts of the world, uh, when other parts are droughting, other parts are ex- experiencing extreme flooding. Um, and that disparity and that, that great difference is, is not healthy for the earth. Uh, we also go through extreme heat and then poverty because of all these different climates um, and drastic environmental changes. The environments and climates that people live in, uh, they weren't meant to experience this. And so their lives are going to be flipped upside down. And hundreds of millions of people are going to be experiencing um, poverty, near-death experiences, homelessness, um, malnutrition due to the lack of food. Um, Food deserts are going to become greater uh, across all countries and across all areas. Um, So just a lot of scary, scary things can come uh, if we don't tackle this issue. And now... You know, climate change has been on has been on the talk since the 1970s, 1960s, but um, it was suppressed by a certain um, administration, uh, administration that that lasted in the 1980s, uh, Mr. Mr. Reagan, and his administration. They suppressed all of uh, the climate change findings in, in environmental issues uh, for personal business gain. And now it is 2018, and we and we have a large, large issue uh, uh, that's on the brink of disaster. Um, so the next paragraph in the article it reads: The authors of the landmark report by the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change (IPCC), as I said earlier, released on Monday, say urgent and unprecedented changes are needed to reach the target, which they say is affordable and feasible, although it lies at the most ambitious end of the Paris Agreement pledge to keep temperatures between 1.5 C and 2 C. So that's the window. The entire world agreed upon that, okay, we cannot let temperatures rise or fluctuate any greater than this window. And 
as we all know, Donald Trump famously exited the Paris Agreement that you know the United States worked so hard to get into and be a part of and craft and be the leader. And now we took we've taken a step back. We, we've you know funded you know the coal industry again and fossil fuels and destroyable energies like like that. And n- now we've regressed instead of progressed, which is which is sad to see. Uh, the next art- the next paragraph reads: the half degree difference could also prevent corals from being completely eradicated and ease pressure on the Arctic, according to the 1.5 C study, which is studying that certain temperature, uh, which was launched after approval at the final plenary plenary of all 195 countries in. Incheon in South Korea that saw delegates hugging one another with some tears. Um, so they've come together. They've agreed upon a strategy to help these threatening issues to our very own humanity. And yet the United States pulled out of this agreement. The United States has taken a step back. And while different parts of the world are suffering and experiencing the catastrophe now, uh, it's only time for the United States uh, faces it. And I don't think there's a better time to talk about it than right now when the worst hurricane in ever to be recorded is going to hit the panhandle of Florida. You know, this morning I was watching the news. Category 4, category 4 hurricane. Excuse me, I can't speak. Uh, it says Dunkin' Donuts coffee I'm drinking. Freaking water, basically. Um, sorry, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm from New England. I should love Dunkin' Donuts, but you know, whatever. Uh, the Category Four hurricane Michael ramps up. It's breaking 145 mile an hour winds, and it's about to destroy the Panhandle of uh, Florida. And there's been a great increase in hurricanes and natural disasters, probably because Earth's getting really freaking hot, really freaking hot, and we're destroying. Every bit of land, every bit of natural resource, every bit of everything with our carbon emissions, our plastic use, um, our lack of investment in renewable energy and sustainable energy, and we're burning fossil fuels at a rate that's damn near unrepairable. And uh, we see things, we see things like this. We see things that are, you know, Awful, awful. We don't want to happen to anyone, but they're happening right here in our in our very own country, in our very own state, Florida, a beloved state to the Union, home of Disney World. You know, so they take out a majority of the state, and it's sad to see the entire West Coast is is being threatened by this one storm, uh, this storm that is no joke. Uh, it is no joke, but uh, we're gonna have to wait and see uh, the damage it 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 it, uh, it imposes upon the West Coast of Florida. I mean, the red tide has done enough. Uh, God, the tourism, which is a major factor in the Florida economy, has actually dropped so much. Um, I mean, one, there's been so many news articles and news reports and interviews and stuff like that that it's really hard to avoid. But uh, the tourist, the tourism is uh, is so low right now. The economy, the Florida economy, is going to be struggling for the next year or so to to recover from this. And then on top of that, right after the massive red tide that's still going on, mind you. There's a category category four hurricane ripping up the coast, about to destroy Tallahassee, the Panama City Beach, the entire Destin, Florida, the entire Panhandle. The fishing industry is about to be destroyed in Florida. Majority of that is on the West Coast, so not good time if you live in Florida right now. Um, you know, 
sometimes you got to strap your boots up and, uh, and and hunker down and get ready. And uh, that's what that's what the West Coast is going to be doing. Um, and I got a conference in Tampa, and Tampa's about to get whacked up too. So good times, good times in Florida. Uh, but one good thing came from the hurricane. Uh, campaigns are uh, are calming down, so that's cool. Campaign season's long here in America, so uh, everyone's taking a break from the campaign trail. They're uh, going to support their local natives. Uh, Andrew Gillum's returned to Tallahassee. He's filling sandbags the other day. Rick Scott has returned to his uh, cave uh, where Voldemort lies. Um, that was a joke, people. Yeah, but Rick Scott has uh, been doing his thing, wearing his navy hat, wears uh, with his blue with his blue tucked in shirt, no no tie. Damn, same fucking outfit since the last hurricane uh, hurricane season. I don't think the man has a different outfit. He's got his khakis on. There's nice ass khakis on. Tucked in blue shirt, old navy hat that looks beat to shit. Like they couldn't toss him a new one. That's how much they don't like him here. The navy in Florida is pretty is pretty large, uh, especially in Jacksonville, like Mayport. There's a huge naval base and whatnot. And uh, at the naval base, they they put like the commander in chief or whatever, and it says Rick Scott because he's the governor. Uh, obviously, looks over the Florida navy. Um, the Florida basis, or, excuse me. I don't know much about the Navy. Uh, but those fuckers couldn't even give him a new hat. Goes to show how much they like him. Uh, but all Michaels are uh, are making, are ramping the fuck up. Michael Bloomberg switched parties. Talk about a hurricane right there. Motherfucker's a Republican. And everyone knows Michael Bloomberg. He's a former mayor of New York, I believe, or did something in New York politics. I believe he was the mayor. Um, He's got the Bloomberg Report. He's a freaking billionaire. Um, and now he's switching his party to Democrat. Got a firm belief he's going to run for president of the Democratic Party. Um, so, yeah. So so the country's going to look good in 2020. We've got two billionaires, both from New York, uh, running against each other. So everyone's views should be expressed and covered. No one should worry about it. No one should. Don't worry. we got two white billionaires both from New York, they'll be good. Both men, they know a lot about minorities. They know a lot about the women's struggle. Don't worry. Don't get nervous. I'm fucking joking. Uh, kind of scary. Kind of scary. Uh, in the midst of me reading about Michael Bloomberg, though, I did find out that the no-party affiliation uh, cult, if you will, is the largest uh, registered demographic uh, people don't like to be one side or the other. They like to go a la carte, if you will. They select what they like from each candidate, and you know the pros. If they got more pros than cons for somebody, then they're going to pick that person. Which I guess is a pretty good system. Uh, fuck the party system. I don't know. People play party politics too much. It's kind of annoying. Um, yeah, find some people you like. Believe in them. They they speak to you. Good. Go vote to them. Speak for them. That's how it works. Do it up. Fuck it up. That's how it works. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of future president nominees, Michael Bloomberg. I've got a, I've got a running list that I keep making of future presidential nominees for 2020. Um, Republican and Democrats. I say Republican because I do think people are going to run against Donald Trump. But for Democrats, uh, my list is, you know, 
it's up for editing for sure, M- more like adding. But uh, I've got Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Michael Bloomberg, Michael Avenatti, who is the people were like, who the hell is that guy? He represented Stormy Daniels. Um, he's also represented other rape accusers against Doctor or against uh, Brett Kavanaugh and against Donald Trump. Um, maybe not rape accusers, but also sexual assaulter accusers. Um, he's represented a lot of women uh, on that matter. Um, so, yeah, that's who he is. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oprah, um, going to run on the Democratic for sure. Cory Booker. Um, I'm fighting for Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. I like them both a lot. Um, they've both represented themselves very well in the Senate Judiciary Committee. They both have uh, had good voting records. Um, they both have a personal message, a personal story. They both have been in elected offices before. Uh, the both th- They are some solid, solid candidates through and through, so I really hope those two uh, uh, really take a stab at the presidency for 2020. And then on the Republican side... I only have two, but I have, uh, you know, Donald, the, the Donnie, um, I believe he's going to run again. Uh, if he's allowed to, if he doesn't get impeached, but I think he's going to be impeached by next summer. Um, and then Nikki Haley. I believe Nikki Haley's going to take a stab at, uh, at, at the presidency. Um, I think she campaigned with Trump last in 2016 because she wanted campaign experience. She wanted to see what it was like. And so she's like, this is a really good way for me to get my name out there, to get some experience, to speak in front of crowds, to pander to the audience that I need to pander to, and to figure out the demographic of the United States. I mean, she was a governor of South Carolina for eight years, and now she wants to expand to other states and see what, how the other states function and uh, so she can represent them best. And so it would doing that and becoming the UN ambassador, uh, you know, getting some great foreign policy experience. Um, that's always a question for presidential candidates. You know, a lot of senators or people who haven't been involved in big game politics, everyone's like, well, how are you going to deal with the foreign nations? And now she can say, you know, strongly, like, this is my platform. This is how I communicate with the other foreign leaders, you, you know, things like that. So I think she's going to take a good stab at it. Um, I don't know when the last time someone's ran against an incumbent on the same party ticket, but um, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. I think it's going to happen again. I think people want to, I think a lot of Republicans want to take back the party. They're, they don't want to go back to the Tea Party Republican style, but I think they want to get back to the John McCain uh, Republican platform, the Mitt Romney platform. Um, you know, the the, thou, the 2000 to 04 Bush platform, um, that type of Republican. I think the Jeb Bush of Florida Republican. I think they want to get back to that level of conservative, John Kasich style, um, a more moderate conservative. Uh, but as we know, moderate, you know, moderate anything isn't working in, in the political field these days. Um, just to bring it back to the Florida gubernatorial race, Andrew Gillum is the Donald Trump of the Democratic Party. He will not break his platform. That's what Donald Trump did. He did not break his platform. Although, as outrageous as Donald Trump's platform was, he never really changed it. He was going to build that wall. He was going to do it. That's what he kept saying it. That was ridiculous, but he kept saying it. Now, that, that is a threatening promise, unlike Andrew Gillum's promises, which are pretty inclusive and inviting and friendly and, you know, better towards society, like access to affordable health care for everybody, um, raising teacher salaries to $50,000. But these are, you know, aggressive, and it's, it's an aggressive platform, but he hasn't wavered on it. He will not do it. 
And so that's why I call him the Donald Trump of the Democratic Party. And that's why he's getting so much attention because, you know, moderacy in politics is just not a thing anymore. You know, if you're a moderate, you're going to be you're going to be left to the wayside. And maybe after uh, a couple years and a couple runs at this um, really far left and far right and and things like that, maybe we're going to move back to a more centrist idea or ideology as, an, as a nation. I have no idea. Uh, I'm only 22 years old, so my political theory knowledge is uh, is capped at a small amount. Um, but that that's my thoughts on it. Um, or maybe I also had the other thought that Andrew Gillum's platform... Um, like AOC, Alexandria, something Cortez, who's running, in, uh, who's running in New York, who's made a lot of noise. Um, maybe their platforms are the new middle. Maybe that is the middle ground the Americans were looking for, and they're just waiting for some Democratic or even Republican. I mean, the Republicans haven't done it yet, but maybe they're waiting for some to some someone from some party to say these things, to say what the people have been feeling, and to stand up for them, you know, relentlessly, tirelessly, and not you know not waver on their stance. And so maybe this is the new middle. Maybe access to affordable health care is the new middle. I hope it is. That seems logical, you know. Uh, maybe accepting people for who they are and not changing them for who they who you want them to be is the new normal. Uh, that'd be great, you know. I think there's some community norms we could work on, and those two being being a couple of them, you know. Improving our education system so it works for everyone, not just the top one percent. Funding public schools. Uh, properly and not car- charter schools and magnet schools and building schools for profit and, and things like that. Um, no child's education should ever be sacrificed for one's business plan. I, I truly believe that. And, you know, I think it, I think it happens far too often these days. I, I really do. Um, so may, maybe, maybe that's the direction we're moving in as a country. I don't know. It seems like that's the way in Florida politics. And although there are your heavy conservatives and there's you know your social justice warriors on the left, um, it, it's sad that people believe the loud minority is the majority. But to be honest, the majority is the working class American that you know has views that pander to both different to both sides, that 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 cross the party lines. Um, they're quiet about it, so it's not often talked about. But I knock on thousands of doors. I talk to lots of people. There's a lot of kids my age. There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of people with families and kids that I've knocked on in younger neighborhoods um, who truly believe in both platforms, both moderate platforms, and, um, you know, want to see a, a future that's going to help them out, but better yet, help the ki- their kids out. And I think one where we all get along, <clears throat> excuse me, is one that, that's going to be better for, better for all of us. Um, and, and I hope I hope to see that in the next four to eight years. I don't think it's going to happen in the next two. I think we have a little bit left of this cl- crazy uh, political climate. Um, I really think Donald Trump is a, is a bad character for the entire country. Um, I don't think Republicans are bad characters at all, um, you know. And I don't think Democrats are bad characters at all. I think any character that swings too far to either side is a bad character because, you know. You, you start getting into some threatening ideologies with, with either side, and um, <clears throat> it's not good to have a country moving in that, moving in that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think, though, uh, we're going to have some interesting candidates running in 2020. I'll be interested to see their platforms, see who takes up the far, 
you know, far side of either either political ideology, see who tries to go more centrist. Um, it's going to be exciting. I think Cory Booker and Kamala Harris are going to do a little bit of both. I think they're going to become a central ideology that they're going to center around, but maybe some people think that center ideology is a little bit too far to the left. Um, I think some super conservatives are going to believe that, but we'll see what we'll see what the future holds. Uh, I believe Nikki Haley. Um, I don't know much about her, uh, but I think she might be a good candidate. I have no idea. Um, you know, she uh, she took down the uh, Confederate flag at the state capitol in South Carolina, and that was really cool. It was pretty progressive of her. Uh, when many Republicans believe the Confederate flag should be flown, um, well, no worry about it. Not that they want it up there; just they shouldn't. Be, it shouldn't be a topic of conversation. Um, when it totally should be um, honoring racist and uh, abusive past leaders is not good for the the country's morale for sure. Um, so it's going to be interesting times coming up. That's for sure. Uh, I don't have much left for the day. Um, oh, other than I did when I was looking into Michael Bloomberg switching parties and whatnot, and then I figured out that the no party affiliation is the largest party, um, that the Democrats hold a 30-point advantage among women for this election cycle. So 30% more women are are siding with the Democrats than siding uh, or aligning themselves with the Republican ideology. Um, and I think it's because of Brett Kavanaugh. I think that whole situation, um, and I gave my bid on it yesterday, um, I think that whole situation fired up both sides. It fired up the super conservative right, and it fired up women. Um, it fired up women in a way that we haven't seen since November uh, 9th of 2016 when the Women's March happened. Um, <clears throat> excuse me again. Uh, I think, you know, there's going to be, um, I think the w- women are going to play a large, large role in the election. I think it's going to be women and younger uh, people from 18 to 25. I think those are the two demographics that are going to play the largest role. And I think um, older older women and minority women, uh, specifically speaking, and then just all younger people from 18 to 25, those are going to be the two to three demographics that are going to flip every single district, every seat. Um, that's going to be the demographic that makes or breaks every single race, no doubt. Um, and just speaking from experience, Andrew Gillum, uh, just got endorsed and is going to be campaigning with Hillary Clinton. And although I was a little scared because Hillary Clinton is such a, um, her name is so volatile. Although as a person, she's she's pretty good. She hasn't done everything perfect, but she's a pretty good um, political leader. And um, she's uh, she's going to be campaigning with him. And so I think she may be able to attract the older woman uh, vote for Andrew Gillum. Because sometimes older women don't know how to understand or don't, um, yeah, don't understand um, a younger message, especially from a younger minority. They don't, you know, there's not too many similarities there uh, from a 65-year-old white woman to a 38-year-old black man who living in Tallahassee. Um, the similarities are pretty, pretty far and few between. So hopefully she can draw some similarities out of, the, out of the, that demographic and have Andrew connect with them in the best way possible. And I think that's the best thing going forward for everybody, especially in Florida. Um, I know I speak a lot about Florida politics. It's what I know best. Um, But there are important races happening everywhere. And I hope you guys guys have a great day. I hope this was a little bit better than yesterday. Um, I'm going to keep doing this. It's kind of fun. Other than that, if you're in Florida, stay safe. Uh, If you're listening to this from a different state, uh, enjoy your day. Um, Work out. Read a book. 
watch some TV, listen to some dope-ass music. Uh, if you got kids, take care of your kids. If you're in school, study hard. And uh, everyone, uh, everyone have a good day. I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Uh, thanks for uh, waking up with Jake. Peace out.